I'm Phil DeLuca. I'm Shivam Putt. And we are Commander In. Thanks for listening, everybody. We put a spotlight on community issues, but never, ever talk about three banned topics. Religion, politics, and Hearthstone. Except when we do. (laughs) Shivam, a lot of people have been asking how they can help the show, and we always like to recommend that if you go to YouTube and watch us there, then play it to the very end. We're going to have a whole bunch of videos coming out soon, and uh, that really helps us in the YouTube algorithms. Don't forget to comment, rate, and subscribe. You can also leave a positive review wherever you get your podcast from or wherever you watch your videos. And we love it when you tell your friends because then they come on, they're like, oh, I heard about you from, you know, a friend. And then they they tell us all about it. And so that's wonderful. And if I may say, there have been places like Reddit and the MTG Salvation Forums and other places. And lately I've been seeing a lot of people saying, hey guys, do you know any good recommendations for podcasts? When you see threads like that, please feel free to let them know the commander is a good <laughs> podcast to listen to. Frankly, that's one of the best ways to do it because the fact that not only will it get to the person asking the question, but to the thousands of people who are reading the thread and not saying anything. Yep. Getting those people is also important to us. We want to keep our community growing and we love talking to new people especially. And periodically we'll ask folks about their favorite decks and to tell us about that on Twitter and stuff. So please tell your friends and we'll grow the community and we'll all be a little bit better for it. Some folks have made an amazing commitment. They visited us at patreon.com slash commander and MTG and leave us a donation that recurs every episode. Sometimes they cap it at a monthly maximum, like even a buck a month would be absolutely wonderful and help us. And in particular, since we have this video series coming out, so please head on over there. You can also go to commanderandmtg.com slash donations and pay through PayPal. We'll add a bunch of uh, neat incentives on there so that we can get more folks coming to PayPal. That's great. And then we started it specifically for the video series, and we're going to take it down after a while. But head on over to GoFundMe.com and search for Commanderin MTG Podcast and use the one that has the C logo associated with it, not the one that has our former co-host Sean smiling. That's his version of a smile, Shiva. <laughs> he is famous for his scowl, so hopefully he's listening to this and will drop us a note with a brand new smile for us to see. We have a wonderful show lined up for our listeners. It's fantastic. This is one of our deck techs. We don't do a lot of those, but this one... This one I think uh, you're going to like too, Shiva. We're talking about the new Guilds of Ravnica card, Etrata, the Silencer. Shh, shh. I am very interested in finding out about this because a Todd of the Silencer is one of those cards that is just so cool looking on the surface that it makes you sit there and go, like, how can we use this in our format? I am really eager to find out. Yeah, it has that neat drawback. You'll see how our guest, who built an Atrata deck, deals with that drawback. So we 
brought on an expert deck builder, someone who's been playing for a while, and she'll tell us all about it. She's from my local meta at our mutual workplace, and uh, you folks might remember my Jank Traxa deck, right? That's the one that I won uh, GP Las Vegas 2018 in the contest uh, hosted by the Commander Cookout podcast. Yes. It was like you had to build with a Traxa, but it had to be the jankiest deck possible. Well, my deck won. <laughs> and it won in large part because we were sitting there playing one night and I started asking around the table if anybody had like really janky cards that were really kind of janky and used counters and Raina Sweet stepped up. <laughs> And uh, I cobbled together some of those cards. And once again, I want to thank the Stibs and TCG Player Direct for their assistance in making that deck. But Raina Sweet was the key contributor to making that deck really awesome. Ricardo was there to see it. Ricardo helped build it. And a couple of other folks in the meta helped build it as well. But Raina was really key to that. She's one of the most innovative deck builders in our meta. And she was having fun. She was kind of, you, you giggled a couple of times while building this, didn't you, Raina? Uh, extensively. (laughs) So say hello. Hello. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, it's hard not to giggle when building an attraction deck, right? (laughs) Oh my. Uh, There's just so many old cards to pull from. It's just a wonderful expanse of magic history. Yeah, yeah. uh, Just (laughs) crazy cards with crazy counters. I even at the last minute wanted to substitute in Venarian gold. That's the enchantment that imprisons something basically while it has gold counters on it. What? It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I've never even heard of that card. Oh, it's from Legends. I'm surprised. But we ended up with the jankiest deck and it really worked out well. So why don't you tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself, Reina? Yeah, so I have kind of like an old history with everything kind of gaming. A weird case where my parents were gamers, despite my father being like 70 now. And with magic, I go back to one of my sisters teaching me when I was uh, when I was nine. I was like over 20 years ago. And for Commander, I've been playing it for at least over 10 years. Uh, started uh, picking it up in order to... Uh, to get more casual, friendly meta to build up in the uh, friendly local gaming store I was working at um, at the time. Um, and I would just build all these decks and like hand them out to people. So you were sort of like an early deck pusher? Is that what you did? You build <laughs> decks for people and then like first one's free? <laughs> uh, uh, in a way, it was, it was more like there was a lot of people who wanted to play who didn't have a large collection of their own. I was a longtime legacy and vintage player, mm. but without the means to continue that. So instead, what I did was take the extents of my collection and started brewing things for people to enjoy while they were hanging out at the store. And I would try to adapt it to the types of gameplay that they preferred, whether that be like really aggro things that was like large swaths of creatures or eventually, of course, like the Uriel the Mistalkers type Voltron of the time. This is all back in uh, Lara Lorwyn era. And yeah, it was just like, yeah, come in, play. Uh, You can hold on to my decks. I'll be at the store this whole time. So I have my eyes on you, but I I generally trust you. You just play. And then all my decks were a specific sleeve that pretty much no one else bought except me because it was too closely associated with my decks. Um, At that (laughs) time, all of my decks are in the same type of sleeve. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) What kind of sleeve was it? 
Um, it was just one of the uh, like uh, super blue, I think the KMC brand uh, sleeves. Oh yeah, they had an electric blue for a while, or something like really ultramarine, like saturated. Yeah. That's cool. I love those sleeves. Now you tend to build decks that are really difficult to play. Like you, you were the first one. <laughs> I, I don't even think I owned a Zancha before you built it. Why do you build decks like that? Generally, I pride myself on like my pretty historical game knowledge like i've been playing for a while but also i really like finding complex or niche interactions i like to uh showcase people like kind of the brilliance of magic um, and how it interacts with itself especially across the over 25 years that it's been going on there's just so many neat interactions Mm -hmm. i was a long time vintage and legacy player um I've also just been playing kind of forever. Commander was a way for me to both express my collection, but also to give myself enough of a constraint and enough of a wide range of different types of players who'd be interested in playing it and different types of possible decks without like some of the like worst baseline level of commander decks could still hold a game against some of the more powerful decks in the format Mm. not necessarily win consistently but the players were having fun uh, especially given the multiplayer oriented aspect of it that was very attractive having a wide breadth of players who enjoy and partake in the game and the experience 10 years ago that was players who were coming into the store that i worked at nowadays it reflects on my my own work uh as a game designer well, so your latest commander deck is Etrata the Silencer, and we're going to really enjoy sharing the details about that. But first, a word from our sponsors. Who are our sponsors, Phil? As you know, we are entirely listener-supported. That means we have no other sponsors except what our listeners give to us on Patreon or Commander and MTG slash donations or now the GoFundMe. So we really appreciate everything that you do for us. We like to thank three of our patrons. Um, We like to call them Petroni. And uh, this week, we'd like to thank Anton Clement, Baptiste Rolens and Colt Baldridge, who kind of made a big splash. He joined at the insanity level, which means that we're going to be hearing an episode pretty soon that was effectively dictated to us by Colt, and he'll be on the show with us. So That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much, everybody, and thank you, Colt, for joining us. He's now in the $10 per episode patron group on Facebook that we maintain. We're really grateful. He's been a lot of fun, and he's talking about all sorts of mean decks. I don't know if listeners recall that we talked about the Sidisi deck that we played at Seattle before we uh, played BDM's CDC deck. Colts was decidedly efficient and lethal. He's also a big CEDH player, so he plays competitive EDH, and he maintains some other EDH, some normal EDH decks, but those are those are definitely not something to be trifled with. You have to kill them. Remember this, if you play against Colt, you kill him first. You knock him out of the game. Uh, hi, Colt. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for donating, Colt. Die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for donating. And uh, we'll, we'll do our best to make sure you're first eliminated. It's a sign of respect. Um, and remember, <laughs> new patrons. <laughs> new patrons can get in on the funny name game. That's where we go and we read. We're going to read the top contributors to the Patreon page and through PayPal as well. And GoFundMe now. 
And if you go into the name setting on Patreon and change your name, you actually have 140 characters to play with. And you can send us all sorts of messages. And we're just going to read them out loud on the air. And uh, Andy Bentley says he has changed his name to something new. And I can't wait to share that with you. I say that new patrons can do that because when you sign up, you can just enter whatever name you want. And the next time we record an episode, we're going to call out our top contributors. And we're just going to read out their names, Shivam. And if it's not family friendly like the rest of the podcast, then we will let our editor center it up. <laughs> yes, our editor is great. I'm very happy our editor is so patient. <laughs> we love you, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> so I think it's time to talk about Etrada the Silencer. Shh. Shh. Now, Raina, you, you chose to build this one. This is a nutty card. Do you want to talk about it? Sure. Um, so, Atrada the Silencer is for two, a blue and a black. She's a 3 5 a vampire assassin that can't be blocked. Whenever Atrada deals combat damage to a player, exile target creature that player controls and put a hit counter on that card. That player. Uh, loses the game if they own three or more exiled cards with hit counters on them. Atrada's owner shuffles Atrada into their library. Wow, what a drawback. Now, this, this deck was also played on Command Zone's Game Nights by Olivia Gobert Hicks, and she used kind of a standard reanimator slash blink package. I'm sure you have some blinking in here, is that right? Uh, yes. So tell us about the strategy. Or the Atradagy, as it were. Yeah. Uh, sure. So reading Atrada, it's like there's some pretty clear strategies, but those just seem a, a, a bit frank. Like you have to have the, the blink and the bounce, but I decided to try to go further, see how far you can push it. So I kind of um, addressed Atrada into a few different needs uh, based on what issues uh, she might see or you generally see in a game that I've ranked into levels of trickiness, uh, levels of just really getting the most out of this very constrained beautifully constrained effect so in order to do that you've got 15 card draw cards five ramp cards and oh and listeners of course you can see the deck list at deckstats.net slash commander and mtg and we'll post that up in the guest folder and we'll provide a link for it in the show notes and if this is on youtube on the bottom of the screen right now and in our notes section there so you have 15 card draw five ramp 15 creatures only 15 creatures that's bold wow really yeah 20 instants or sorceries five enchantments and then 12 utility artifacts that are not mana sources this is uh very curious uh, so I feel like I must explain the creatures a little bit. I uh, took some of the uh, strategy there that I did with my Zancha and playing a uh, kind of a keep away game. So mass removal, um, no mercy, that kind of thing. Okay. Because ultimately, your goal isn't about combat. Your goal will ultimately lead to a lot of creatures not in combat or able to be in combat anymore. <laughs> That's funny. You have levels of trickiness. Do you want to run through these and then we'll look at the cards? Yeah, this looks like the beginning to a really interesting PowerPoint. So. <laughs> <laughs> or like a, a seminar. <laughs> yeah, so my levels of trickiness are based on first what I think is the 
obvious and for good reason. Um, most baseline level down to the really niche things you have to uh, take care of in order to get your three hit counters appropriately on all the cards you need to. Got it. The first level is like, well, if Atratas gets shuffled away, you don't want to pay the two extra. You you want to hold on to her. You want to keep her in the game somehow, whether that's, um, well, well, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> that's So that's the retaining your Atrata level of trickiness. Yeah. So level two will give a, a bit of a hint about level one. Uh, level two is ninja manipulation. <laughs> Again, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, level three, uh, one of the more important, but unfortunately card lacking levels, but very important, which is how to obtain multiple activations off of a or multiple triggers off of a trado. By card lacking, you mean there aren't very many cards that give you multiple activations? Uh, correct. Okay. Level four is clearing fast. That is uh, making sure that your Atrata, when you want her to to get in there and put a hit out on a target, that she can reliably do that and reliably do that quick before the game gets yeah. away from you. And then this next one, don't describe it, but just say the name. Level five is retain targets. Hmm. Retain targets. Okay, fine. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about level one, retaining your Etrata. <laughs> yeah. Retaining your Etrata. <laughs> it's like, uh, remember, when you're at the office, some days your Etrata might just want to run away. <laughs> you don't want this to happen. So you should do your best to retrain your Etrata. It's not retraining your Etrata. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, how do I retain my Atrata? <laughs> uh, sure. So retaining your Atrata has some of the is probably some of the most straightforward things that you'll see in a lot of Atrata decks. The the key factor with Atrata is that when Atrata deals her combat damage to uh, get her ability to trigger, that goes onto the stack, which means that if you somehow have your Atrata leave play or stop existing, then that Atrata won't get shuffled away as a result. Um, <laughs> but the ability will still go off. You'll still exile something. You'll still get a hit counter on a card. Um, so you get all of the benefits without losing your Atrata. And the cards I have up here, first, something like Dead Eye Navigator. Well, the key part here is that it's got repeatable bounce. Right. As in, when it's soul bound to your card, you can pay one in a blue to exile this creature, then return it to the battlefield under your control. Dead Eye Navigator, of course, one of the great combo cards in all of Commander. <laughs> and until we started talking, I didn't realize that you could respond to Atrada's uh, shuffle trigger. And yep. suddenly... My world has changed. Yeah, because it's a triggered ability, right? Yep. And so it goes on the stack like anything else, and Atrata just hangs out until the triggered ability resolves. That That is some some nonsense right there. <laughs> but but it, if that Atrata becomes a different Atrata by being exiled and then returned to the battlefield, well... my goodness, well, there's nothing to shuffle into your deck then, is yeah, there? Yeah, she doesn't have to do that. Yep. <laughs> the ability tries really hard to do every part of it. And Deadeye Navigator, of course, she even was one of our preview cards. I can't, yeah, it was, it was like for the <laughs> Modern Masters reprint or something, right? I would also like to point out that there's plenty of bounce effects or effects in this category that are repeatable, and that's kind of the key thing. Yeah, you're using other staples like Crystal Shard and stuff like that. Yep, um, Erratic Portal. And listeners can look at the deck list and see all of the uh, all of the cards in this category. 
so a couple key factors when considering adding like uh, bounce effects or blink effects is boring old like boomerang just won't do in a game of commander. There's it's you know that's only getting you one hit. Right. So it it's good to bring cards that give you some something else for it. That either keeps your Atrata in play or potentially makes you draw a card. The case I put up here is Supplant Form, which can be used to, well, bounce your Atrata, protecting her, and giving you a replacement in form. But it also has <sighs> some usefulness in, like, if your opponent plays something uh, plays something kind of scary, you can, well, effectively get a copy of it while dealing with theirs. So there, there's some flexibility <laughs> to a lot of these cards uh, that's important for Check the deck. Check that out, Shiva. So you save your own Atrata. If, if you want to do that, you save your Atrata, return it to your hand where it's inexpensive, and then you get a copy of Atrata, and it's it's Atrata. Yep. It's Atrata. And so next <laughs> turn, you can attack with your token, and it's unblockable just like Atrata is. And, oh, your token gets shuffled into your library. Gosh. Yep, exactly. Uh, which actually brings me to the third card. Dude, my mouth seriously just dropped as I was looking at this. Because... <laughs> I swear to God, I've seen this card before, but I'm looking at it like, oh, oh, that's not nice at all. Yeah. Except it is. That's amazing. Supplant form is devastating. And then you could use that card from guilds to uh, snapcaster it back, basically. Yep. Mm -hmm. But I see here that you've also got one of my favorite old cards from like the ancient days that I haven't really seen in like 20 years, uh, Vanishing, which has one of my favorite dumbest mechanics of all time phasing on it so phasing is particularly uh fantastic with with atrata there's not many ways of doing it uh after her triggered has uh well triggered but vanishing well gets her to stop existing which lets her ability run and ends up shuffling nothing and even better when she comes back in on your next untap step uh, she still has the vanishing. You can you can just keep doing this. So wait a second. You attack. You her trigger goes on the stack, and then you phase her out, and yep. she stays. And she stays with the vanishing still <laughs> on it, phased out with her. Phasing <sighs> is a fun mechanic. This is dirty. You should never feel good about this. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to call back to you because. Again, I love all of the subtle, random things that Magic the Gathering rules subtly supports. <laughs> I like to call out that if you phase out a token, such as the one from Supplant Form, the token is still present. It, it never leaves. Uh, it never leaves the zone, so it'll come uh, back oh, in with vanishing. Right. Yeah, they changed that for Teferi's big mega phase out from two commander sets ago because partly because. I raised a huge fuss on Twitter because I was really mad that phasing out my entire token army would basically obliterate it. And they <laughs> literally changed the rules to make that not happen. Oh, wow. Look at you. I have affected magic in a positive way by making sure that all of you who are using your favorite mechanic from 1996 won't obliterate your token deck. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> That's crazy. Are you ready to move to level two, Reyna? Yes. Shivam. Are you ready? I need to see where this okay. is going, man. <laughs> All right. Move on. <laughs> so level two is ninja manipulation. Um, and so to, again, call back to level one, bouncing is one of the ways that you can get that 
get Atrada's ability to both go off while retaining your Atrada. And what better ways of doing that than with ninjas, who perfectly love the fact that Atrada can't be blocked. <laughs> so, wait, fun- wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to explain this. Walk us wait. through it. So if I have Atrada and I attack unblocked, mm-hmm. her trigger goes on the stack. Right? To Correct. exile the thing, put a hit counter on or whatever? When she deals damage, yes. And then, but ninjutsu, you can't... Okay, you explain it to me. Uh, sure. So, ninjutsu, you can return any unblocked creature. The quality of being unblocked is, well, anytime, as long as there... Anytime during combat, as long as there isn't a blocker assigned to that creature, or have once been assigned to that creature. So, the moment you attack... You can actually ninjutsu, though your ninja will likely be blocked then. But also, importantly, after your creature has dealt damage, you can actually still ninjutsu. You won't deal damage with that ninja, but you will have effectively replaced your Atrada all the same. <laughs> you can't see me right now, but I just rolled my eyes, my head lolled to the side slightly, and now I'm staring at the ceiling going... Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> it's it's pretty janky, isn't it? Oh no, this is not jank. This is this is skill. This is a beautiful manipulation of the Magic the Gathering rules to do what Absolutely. they say on print, but not necessarily what you would intuitively think. Using ninjutsu <laughs> with with Atrada is like the the average use case for ninjutsu. The way most people do it is you play it when you can get that hit in, right? Like, I attack you with my unblocked thing, I ninjutsu it out before damage is done, my ninja comes in and does a thing, right? That makes sense. (laughs) Using ninjutsu proactively to save a creature that just hit an unblocked thing is brilliant. (laughs) Like, I... (laughs) What? (laughs) That's such a good idea. Holy crap. Now... There's one thing we learned um, playing with ninjas the other night, <laughs> and the, you actually don't get the characteristic. Your creature doesn't actually get the characteristic unblocked until after blockers have been declared and no blockers have been assigned. Mm. Up until that point, it's simply attacking, and it retains attacking all the way through combat. So you you can't actually attack with a creature and and flip out uh, flip it out with a ninja. You have to wait until blockers are declared and no blockers are declared. But Atrada doesn't ever have to worry about that because uh, she She can't be blocked. blocked. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Teehee. That's kind of nasty. That is a really interesting reading of the rule set. (laughs) Yeah, it's like digging down deep. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like looking at this like that is that's like levels of clever that I just couldn't yeah. get to. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right, fine. And then, uh, yeah, the combat damage step, that's part of combat, but there's actually an end of combat step when everything yep. is sort of cleared. And it's in that end of combat step after combat damage that you can you can act. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if you're clever enough. Ah, oh, magic rules. Yeah, listeners, um, we don't always recommend you become a rules lawyer to this degree, but <laughs> for for something like Atrada, you kind of have to. It's it's really cool. Well, no, this this deck is going to teach you all the steps of magic that you never thought about before. You bet. All right, that's not all, is there? 
sell the other couple cards that I have on here. Um, it's just more highlighting, again, that, as you mentioned, that Atrada can't be blocked. Um, so there's some pretty obvious interactions with that, especially in the equipment sector of things that you just want to hit with. Yeah, your your good old Kita spike for you're like, oh, you don't have any you don't have any viable targets. Maybe I don't have other options for that yet. So we'll just make you lose half your life. Sounds good. Ah, uh, this card. Yep. Or Dazzling Dagger, which well flips into a, a Lotus Veil, which gets you a nice uh, a nice way to cast your Atrada in case anything bad actually happens to her. <laughs> just in case anything bad happens. Quite a spike is like one of those just perfect commander cards yeah it is it's really good for the listeners who are still reeling about that whole ability to like deal damage and yet still uh, bounce your uh, etrata the rule is 510.3 because <laughs> <laughs> after combat damage is dealt the active player gets priority Ta-da! i think i'll ninjutsu this one out oh that's gonna be real irritating <laughs> <laughs> you bet it is <laughs> You bet it is. Now, let's move on. Let's. I feel like we're leveling up. What's level three? So level three, unfortunately, I have only two cards for this. There's there's not a lot of ways of getting multiple Atrata triggers. There's some pretty complex loops you can jump through. Unfortunately, they're not really viable to build, but here's the two ones that you could... Uh, that mm. I actually use. First is pretty recent, um, Helm of the Host, uh, which says at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a token that's a copy of equipped creature, except that token isn't legendary. If equipped creature is legendary, then that creature gains haste. Uh, so <laughs> Helm of the Host is great, well, to throw on Atrada to get more Atradas. I think Phil and I came to the discussion during GPLA that literally if your deck has a commander in it, it should have Helm of the Host in it. That's just a new truism for Commander. Yeah, I think, yep. it, I think it is. Like, that card is just so busted in literally every deck. But with Atrada, <laughs> that's just mean. That's just mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with, with Atrada, it's just... I mean, you can get to that three uh, hit counters pretty quickly. Oh, God, that is... Mm. Isn't it? It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you have you have a classic here, don't you? Yep. Um, of course, Atrada's uh, Atrada's ability is a triggered ability, so good old Strionic Resonator lets you, of course, copy that ability. Probably the most straightforward way of getting extra triggers off on your Atrada. <laughs> uh, Strionic well. Resonator is just one of those key cards for so many combos. Man, just even without the hit counter, the even without the alt win condition, that's still yeah. exiling two of their creatures. Like that's you know, that's solid. You know, if you have Helm of the Hosts out and Stranic Resonator, you can actually get an extra Atrata token. One hit. <laughs> oh, that sorry. Is, that's yeah. not nice yeah. at all. Yeah, actually, and if, if you already have the Atrata token, yeah, that's amazing. And just to call back, uh, the Helm of the Hosts is, of course. Uh, creates a token, which means that vanishing does work on it. Yeah, thanks to Shivam. <sighs> yeah, Shivam, have you paid your gold pieces and are you ready to level up to four? This deck, you know, before we started, dear listeners, Phil said that I wasn't allowed to look at the normal show plan we have, and he wasn't that I wasn't allowed to look at the deck <laughs> because we were pretty sure that my brain would explode and bounce off of my brain pan, and. I've just been leveling up through this deck as I'm watching it with you guys for the first time. 
And I'm literally just like, are you kidding me? Every other page of this freaking outline that we have. This is so silly. This is so silly (laughs) because it's going to kill you and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. And you're going to be looking at this like, how did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Level four. It it almost seems like in terms of reveals, we should have uh, switched this to level three. Yeah, I feel like this would have been level one had I been. (laughs) Yeah, so why is this level four? Describe what level four is and then these cards. Level four is fast activations. Uh, Mm. Effectively getting your Atrata to hit uh, exactly on the turn that you need her to hit without your opponents having much room to respond. Because, of course, a, a fast assassin is a good assassin. Uh, lightning fast. Uh, this is these are representative, so I won't go into it too much. But yeah, but I mean, lightning greaves your swift foots, things that give you haste, uh, things that make her uncounterable. Oh, and look at this one she has there. It's a ley line of anticipation. Yeah, it's it's like Vidalcan Orrery, but an enchantment. Yeah, and like blue. <laughs> yeah, two and blue, blue. So it's only in this deck. Or blue decks. I would also probably put like winding canyons. That also does that effect, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's accurate. Yeah. Basically, nice anything one. that'll let you just cheat Atrata into play, make her harder to hit, or make her uh, ability to just haste off. Mm-hmm. Not haste off, but you know what I mean. Haste off. That's a new term. We should definitely use that, actually. <laughs> Look I at mean, me. I'm hasting off. <laughs> 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 Look, man... Magic players know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. That seems pretty straightforward. Like, you want her to come in, you want her to be able to hit, you want her to be able to hit right now. Yep. Shall we move to level five? Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's level up to five. In this game, it's our final (laughs) level. This is like our 18th level. (laughs) So level five is ensuring targets. That is making sure that Atrata always has someone or something to put a hit out onto. (laughs) <laughs> now, the funny thing is, because I was not looking at the show plan and I was listening to you guys because I listened to Phil, uh, when you said the first time, you said insuring targets. And I was like, does that mean you go to their house and offer them plans for protection? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, hey, life you're an insurance. assassin, but just in case you don't want to die, you can always pay me. We can make sure your next of kin is taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's not insuring. It's ensuring. <laughs> yeah. So tell tell us about this first card. It's a new one. Yeah. So uh, Detection Tower. Um, I believe there was a older card as well that's also in the deck. Yeah. Um, the Spotlight or whatever. Yeah. This is one of the, the clear ways of trying to avoid Atrata's hits. It's just giving your creatures hexproof. So this is a really effective way of getting around that. Effectively, Atrata needs to target with her ability, and mm. you need to be able to keep targeting. So this is probably the most straightforward of the three cards and how they interact with the rules. Why is Exhum on this list? <laughs> uh, so uh, Exhum, if you if you actually pay close attention to Exhum, uh, each player puts a creature card from his or her graveyard onto the battlefield. There is no May. <laughs> So if you attack somebody who doesn't have a creature, you force them to put a creature into play so you can kill it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mighty fine creature without hexproof you got there. Like, gosh, it sure would be a shame if something were to happen to that. No, he's dead. Leave him alone. Not anymore. He's not. 
Oh, sorry, he is again. <laughs> that's just that's mean. That is really, really mean. <laughs> yeah, what isn't the it? Hell, man! Exactly. It's super cool. That's a messed up. That is a messed up use of a messed up card. <laughs> Come on, that's like that's like <laughs> insult to injury, right? Like. You have no creatures. I've already killed them all, so I'm gonna drag it out of the graveyard so I can kill it again. <laughs> like, like let him live. I mean, leave him alone. Can't you see he's already dead? Can't yeah, you the poor see? thing's already dead. He's already dead. And you're like, nope, nope. Gotta come back out. There's a contract I gotta fulfill. <laughs> That's hysterical. That is a messed up. As messed up as that is, where you're forcing something to come back so that Atrata can exile it and put a hit counter on it. Raina, you have to read this one. So the last card I have on here is uh, Zenic Poltergeist, uh, which has tap until your next turn, target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness, each equal to its converted mana cost. Oh, come <laughs> on. Look at me. I have no targets. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a soul ring. So I'm going to turn your signet into a creature and exile that beauty. <laughs> yep. Now, why does this work? Because a Xenic Poltergeist turns your soul ring, your signet, etc. Yep. into a creature, but then it's not a creature when it's exiled. Right. But if you read Atrata closely, she says uh, that player loses the game if they own three or more exiled cards with hit counters on them. She says nothing <laughs> about them being a creature uh, still. Oh, God. Now that's funny. So you could even use something like, um, what is that card? Mycosynth Lattice that turns everything into <laughs> artifacts or creatures or something like that? Into artifacts. Yeah. What you're looking for is animate artifact. <laughs> if, if somebody's real clever and is like, I'm going to turn my lands into a creature, you're like, oh, are you really? Uh, like anything, it's good for these types of effects to be repeatable. Hence the uh, Xenic Poltergeist, probably the most important of all of these repeatable effects. But there's also like Karn, Silver Golem, March of the Machines. Yeah. This is going to be terrible to play against. <laughs> Have you built this yet? Uh, yeah. So I am currently a couple cards short. They're they're on their way. Um, I have the most important bits. Oh, God, this is going to be real exciting, I think. This is a really, really, it's a unique deck. Like, this feels like a deck that I've never seen before, you know? like, And that's right. very weird I and mean, rare to come into a deck that it's like, I've never encountered a deck that op operates on this axis. And it's such a novelty. Yeah. This is such a cool idea. I really like this. This is, I don't What's, think I have what? the gumption to be able to play this. But, like, I don't have that kind of subterfuge necessary to exhume their creature. Like, that just seems, <laughs> that's going to break me, man. That's going to just, yeah. I'm going to be thinking about that for days. So, Reyna, I hope you are willing to write on some basic lands so that we can uh, maybe play this and sleeve it up a full hundred cards tomorrow. It'd uh -huh. be really neat to play against this. And it'd be even neater <laughs> if you allowed me to play it sometime. That's just awesome. Oh, definitely. The reason why I have so many decks is because I love seeing other people struggle through. I mean, <laughs> sorry, I enjoy the process <laughs> of learning and uh, and playing them or uh, discovering something new. Yeah, and, and this is definitely something new. It's going to be a lot of fun. In order to fit these multiple levels and the better ways to like recur her and the Trixie stuff, she actually moved away from some of the common blink cards. I mean, there, there are a couple in there, but it's still really, 
really fun. Like she went for fun and for innovation as opposed to just tried and true with the exception of Dead Eye Navigator. But you have to have <laughs> Dead Eye Navigator in here. Like, what are you going to do? It's got to be there. Necessary evil. Yes. Well, for this, because it that is the trick, right? It also gives the deck enough creatures to block with. Yeah, that too. <laughs> 15 creatures seems really, really gutsy. Okay, so Atrata by herself. Obviously, she's in the zone. You can pull her out whenever you need. This is going to be real interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this works out. Yeah, and you know what? Next time you're in Los Angeles, maybe we'll arrange a demonstration. Oh, God. <laughs> I play mono fair decks, man. I would get wrecked by this. Yeah, it's true. You do. You tend to play more fair but uh, this is fair. Ish. I mean, it's right there yeah. on the table. What's about to happen? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think this is such a neat combination of cards. Like, I'm just sitting here, like, smiling as I'm looking at this list. Like, wow. It's because she has some really old cards like, in here. Well, yeah, I mean, I love these old <laughs> cards. But it's also just like, it's fun when you see something and you look at it and you're like, I see how this works. Like, I get it. I can look at this pile of cards and be like, wow, that this is a theme. Everything's got a place. And it's like something you just look at and like just admire, right? Like, wow, that's yeah. a really well-designed and well-thought-out deck. Yeah, she put a lot of effort into this. So, listeners, as much fun as this is, Reina, as much fun as this has been to chat with you, we do have to bring it to a close. Our listeners rock. Thank you for listening this long. We know that if you did hang out this long, you love us. <laughs> no, we, we know that if you did hang out this long, you enjoyed the show. So please tell your friends all about it. We, uh, we really want to grow the community. And uh, let us know what you think of it in the comments, whether that's on patreon.com slash commander and MTG, because you're already a patron of ours, or on the commander and website, commander and MTG. Or uh, wherever it is you get your podcast from, just let us know. That's a lot of fun. And don't forget, if you are willing to donate because you just enjoyed the show this much, then go back to patreon.com slash commanderandmtg. Donate a buck a show. That'd be awesome. Commanderandmtg.com slash donations. That's also great. That's the PayPal way. Or go up to GoFundMe, search for Commander and MTG, and choose the one with the C logo, not Sean's smiling face. You can reach us by going to our website, commanderandmtg.com. Our email is cast at commanderandmtg.com. You can find us on all of the social medias by searching for Commander and MTG Podcast. This episode was edited by David Mitchell. Our theme song was created for the podcast by Nate Burgess. Our logo was created for the podcast by Mr. Picto, with assistance from Kelly DeLuca. You can find more art from Mr. Picto by going to mrpicto.co.uk. Special thanks to tech whizzes Jesse Thompson and Graham Frank, and to Justin for the server space. Commander and MTG Podcast is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy. It has not been approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. And, of course, special thanks to Mike Condon, editor of the Brothers War podcast for the guitar version of our theme song. Now, Reina, people are going to want to tell you all sorts of stories about their Atrata decks. So how can people reach you on the interwebs? Um, so I can be reached at Raina Sweet on Twitter. And you don't check Twitter all the time, so people should be patient if they tweet at you, right? Uh, yes. Um, I will respond to it, but it may take me a bit to, uh, yeah. to get back. Okay. And that's 
at R-E-I-N-A sweet. Yep. S-W-E-E-T yep. on Twitter. Like candy. Cool. Now we have a tradition here on Commander and where our guest, if we have one, takes us out. So would you do us the honor of taking us out? Commander in. Super sweet. Totally awesome. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Raina. Thanks, Raina. Thanks, Raina.